Hi everyone, today is June 20th, 2020, and this is the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger, and we've hit a turning point in the game. Uh, KCGT just wrapped up, uh, so top 100 is settled. We're going to look at the top 100, but not in a typical manner. Just going to look at the frequency of decks reported by Duel Links Meta. Also going to talk about the new box, which is... Sorcery came out. I really shook up the meta. Um, look at URs and SRs from that box as well as three of the archetypes picked. A lot going on this week, so we can't cover everything, but we'll also talk about the new cards from the event, the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! GX Duelist Chronicles event. A few bad cards there. Doug Dimmon Duel is back with his casual deck of the week, Battery Men with Window. Alright, so let's get to my week in the dual world. I was riding high at first. I was full on with Pisa Toolbox in the ACGT. Just trying to do my best. The first day went really well, I think. Um, I had like an 80% win rate over 40 games. So it was pretty sustained. And then at some point, A2, I just tanked... Uh, I win rate to like 60. And then that, by then I was a bit dejected. And then day three, I ended at 57. So my overall win rate was 57%. My rank was like 8,100. So I, I placed in the top 10,000 again. Um, I placed a nine with an eight, I guess. That's the only difference. But um, yeah, there was definitely some some change in the MMR. Like, at first, it was easy, and then I feel like everyone either stopped playing or they matched me up with difficult players. The points I was getting wasn't enough. I usually lost more than a 1,000 when I lost, and then when I won, I won exactly a 1,000. So, point system wasn't great. At some point, I hit 30,000 DP, but when I ended it, I ended it just shy of 20,000, so like 19-something. And... Yeah, I uh, I kind of got sick of playing the Akiza Synchro Toolbox as a result of this, and I decided to play the new box. I saw the new box. I was excited about the cards. I, I spent all my gems on it. I had a, I had an uh, overflow of gems, and Witchcrafters are the deck that I'm closest to completing. I still need my third Pator, and I think that is key to my playing the deck. Right now, I'm just trying to level up characters, so I'm I'm really tanking games in um, ranked. I'm down to Legend One. I'm I got Jack Atlas's gems already with the deck, so I'm using Leo now as a restart deck to acquire some gems uh, to buy to get to get the last Pator. Um, you know, once once I do have a full playset, I'm gonna switch to a better dual skill because. Um, I'm playing inferior dual skulls right now just for the sake of leveling up. Witchcrafters have been a struggle. I am getting better though. I know like the rules with Madam there a little bit more than I used to. Alright, so this week in esports, KCGT Top 100. Um, so they list the individual decks here. Everyone who has reported to uh, Duelix Meta told them what they have. And of course, this is something that's not complete. 
You can't get everyone in the world. You can't expect to do that. There could be some guy in the middle of the nowhere, doesn't even know what Duel Links meta is, and he hits top 100, right? So this is as accurate as it gets. We got a lot of people, though. And I don't think it's useful to to, to go through every single deck list because, um, you know, like there's too many decks to go through. But these are all notable players, and... In in competitive Yu-Gi-Oh, you find that um, there's a lot of consistency in the top players, so it's very good. Um, you know, first place is Gift. Second place is Sun Sun, who was already, like, he made the last uh, world list. So how this works is every deck will get a point. They show up in this top 100, but every partial deck will get a half, if that makes any sense. So, you know, Gift has two Crystron decks that he used. So that will be one point for Crystrons. Sunsun used three decks. Two Shiranui and one Mastero. So that would be a full point for Shiranui and a half point for Mastero. So that's just how I do it. Uh, three decks shouldn't be a half, but just for the sake of easy math, that's what I'm doing. So the top 118 were Crystrons. This is interesting. Uh, it's not it's not unexpected. Everyone expected Crystron to be first place, and they were. But I did not see too many of them, I must say. I did face some. I beat some. I lost against some more. Um, yeah, I feel like it's a, it was like a high-level deck, and they excelled faster than me. So that's what happened here. Um, they did hit Tier 1, and they probably, kept, probably will get nerfed. Cyber Dragons, 12 out of the top 100 were Cyber Dragons. Not unexpected there. They, they always seemed lower power to me. Um, I feel like I beat them more than I lost. So that is interesting that they're number 2. Um, Dueling's Meta has them as a Tier 3 deck, maybe. Um, they're kind of in the same vein of Dark Magician. You see them a ton in the ladder, but they're not the most the highest win rate decks. Shiranui and Ritual Beast are tied at third at 7.5. Shiranui I saw a ton. I think that was probably the most common deck I saw. I'm not sure the most common, but it was the one that gave me the most problems. Um, uh, it was the most dominant deck in my opinion. Like I, I left the tournament thinking Shiranui had to get nerfed, and here they are third place, 7.5. Ritual Beasts aren't really a surprise there. They, they just win games... Um, there's nothing the opponent can really do when they do win games. Um, not the most common deck, though, but 7.5. Dark Magician, 4th place, 6.5. Um, you know, not the best deck, but uh, some the good Dark Magician decks really um, ramp it out. I think the Knight and Sorcerer is really the one that gave me problems in my deck. There's this deck called Neo's Toolbox that I just called myself, but... 4.5. This is like um, Neos Fusion with Luna Light. Crimson Fox is a very common card there. Keeper of Dragon Magic. Some decks use Volcanic Shell. Some use Bacon Saver. Some use AD Changer. It's like a toolbox about what you're using your um, material as. Ra's, Ra's Disciple of Give and Take. It was a very common thing with this deck too. So This was a surprise deck. I think um, 4.5. Sometimes they package it with Invoked too, so Luna Light, 4 out of the top 100. 
This is a deck you see. It's not a tiered deck, but um, just wins games sometimes. And what happened here? Four out of the top 100. Element Sabres, 3.5. I feel this is, this is kind of low for them. Uh, they probably did underachieve in the KC Grand Tournament. Masked Heroes, Black Wings, Dragoonities, all at 2.5. This is also a bit of an underachievement for these decks. Masked Heroes and Black Wings being uh, tiered decks. Dragoonity was a deck that I thought would be higher because I saw it a lot. It got to the point where you saw Bandit Keith, you knew they were playing Dragoonity. So um, it was a deck that kind of emerged during right before the KCGT. And this is a very fast deck. Um, I didn't really have too many problems with it with my Synchro Toolbox, though. Super Heavy Samurais and Blue Eyes with one apiece. Gookies, Magnets, and Block Dragons with half a piece. That's it. That's the KC Grand Tournament. Um, congrats to everyone who hit the top 100. Not much to talk about in terms of the other tournaments. There were some tournaments that went on. Um, not too many exciting decks, I want to say. It's all a lot of old decks. The new decks are being um, refined. In the Pharaoh's Cash Tournament, there's a fourth place deck with Shadow Game Witchcrafters. Um, I'm going to try to copy this deck. I still need my third Pitoila, so I can't play it. Uh, Dueling Meta Weekly 129 happened. Uh, Sealed Tombs Dark Magician hit first place. This one's interesting just for having a Heat Wave. Uh, not much, not much else to say about it. Second place is a level duplication Shirnui, Shirnui, so it's a level duplication instead of level Og. But it's all about the same because they're all level four or level two monsters. Top four is a Blackwing deck. Not much interesting about this one. And top four, see you later, Christrons. Um, kind of run a mix of the the monsters. So one Lila, one Raiden, and one. Raiko Twilight Sworn, so that's that's a little interesting about what cards they picked there. Let's get going with the main box release of Witch's Sorcery. Of course, um, you know, main box URs are less common than SR, so one UR in the box of 180, two SRs in the box of 180. And you have to really figure out when you're going to reset a box. When I was buying through this myself, I got the two UR Witchcrafters in my first 20, my first 20 packs. So then I reset it. I knew that was the chance to get three of the cards. And so you really have to figure that out. As for this box itself, I'm finally happy to have something shake up the meta. Uh, tired of the old meta. And it's it's a box that you could just tell it's going to be good. Like there's so many new archetypes in it and the power level is just on a different scale. So, you know, I kind of punted on the last few sets and this is one I really dug in. I spent all my gems. I don't have a full play set yet of everything, but I just have to level up some more characters, get their, those five D's characters up and I'll have enough gems to get full play sets soon. Um, Kind of like halfway through my third buy through, so hopefully, well, I did that skip, big skip, so I I bought through fully on the second. So as usual with these card reviews, 
we're going to go through the URs and SRs first. And then I'm going to split up the archetype discussion. I'm only going to talk about a few, uh, the ones that I find the most interesting. Uh, so three I picked as the most interesting this week. Evil Eye, Predator Plants, and Witchcrafters. So we're talking about those N's and R's later, but just start off with the U.R.'s and S.R.'s. First off, m the cover model, Dark Magician Girl, the Dragon Knight. Level 7, Dark Fusion, Dark Magician Girl, and a Dragon, 2600-1700. Must be fusion summoned with the above materials or with Eye of Tamias. Once per turn, quick effect, you can send the card from your hand to the graveyard. Target one face-up card on the field, destroy that target. A lot of People just want to play Dark Magician Girl. It's one of the most iconic characters in the game. But there was no reason to play her in Duel Links other than her having the magic card Dark Burning Attack, which clears the board. So I kind of like a little situational there, running Dark Magician Girl just for that. So now DSOD Yugi came out with a bunch of Dark Magician Girl synergy skills. Taya is going to come out soon. She might have some as well. So now we have this card here. And it's it makes um, I have Tamias a two-card toolbox. Previously, we just had Dark Calvary. Uh, when you play Dark I have Tamias, you know that card's going to come out typically. So now we have this other option of Dark Magician Girl, the Dragon Knight. Great control ability because it's a quick effect. Uh, works great against those face-up spells and traps. Uh, monsters are less good because they'll just have to be face-up and then, um, you know, you could still hit them. Um, target and destroy is not what it used to be. There's a lot of protection sometimes. Some cards can't be targeted. But most monsters you should be able to hit. Overall, you're going to have to run Dark Magician Girl in the deck to allow this toolbox, and I think it's good enough. Dark Magician Girl, you know... It's a card you don't want to draw, typically, because it's just one tribute, 2,000. So, very lackluster monster herself, but there is use in having this two-way toolbox. You could just adapt to the situation um, when they're expecting the Dark Calvary. I do want to note that you can't double dip with Dark Magic Circle, though, because that's specifically for... Um, Dark Magicians, I think. So, Dark Magician Girl doesn't count. So, you can't really double dip when you fuse her. Um, you still get that her effect off, though. Next card is Battle Wasp, Hama the Conquering Bow. Level 8, Wind Insect Synchro. Generic tuning requirements, 2800 attack, 2000 defense. If this is synchro summoned using a synchro monster as material, you can make a second attack during each battle phase. You can use each of the following effects once per turn. One effect is when this card inflicts battle damage to your opponent, you can make all opponents your monsters opponent controls all monsters your opponent controls lose a thousand attack and defense. Another ability at the end of the battle phase, if your opponent has not taken battle damage this phase, you can inflict three hundred damage to your opponent for each battle wasp in your graveyard. Interesting card. Um, this is just going to be good for being a generic level 8. Um, 2800 attack. Tied with Scrap Dragon, who's probably one of the better level 8. Level 8's a weak synchro slot in Duelings. 7's really good. 9, we have Vermilion. 5 and 6 have, have their own thing going on. 
it's a bit of a weak spot. You don't really see Stardust Dragon everywhere. So, this is some useful abilities. You can attack for damage, debuff the board, which is the main appeal. Or you could not attack. And then you burn your opponent a little bit, and then you debuff them. So, that's nice. The double attack of using the Synchro Monster is a bit extra. I wouldn't rely on that. It's not really worth the build around. I would just consider this a level 8 Synchro play. When you're playing Battle Wasp, though, maybe there is that consideration. But even if they don't... Like, I'm not going to go through the Battle Wasp cards this week, but even if they're not a great archetype with the cards provided in Duel Links, this is going to be a great level 8 Synchro play just for any deck that can fit it in. You know, sometimes they have the... Like a level 1 Synchro, sometimes just to fit in a level 8. There's a lot of flexibility here. Nice card to get one copy of. Next card is Preta Plant. Okay, so these cards have really tricky names. So let's go. Preta Plant, Chimera Fleecia. Level 7 Plant Fusion, Preta Plant Monster, and a Dark Monster. 2500 attack, 2000 defense. Once per turn, you can target one monster on the field with a level less than or equal to this card and then banish it. When an attack is declared involving this card and an opponent's face on monster, you can activate its effect until the end of the turn. That monster loses a thousand attack. If it does, this card gains a thousand attack. Once per turn during the next standby phase, after this card is sent to the graveyard, add a polymerization spell or fusion spell from your deck to your hand. This is the boss monster for the Preda Plant archetype. Really good. The archetype itself has an advantage using one of their monsters, which I'll talk about later. Steal your monster, similar to Buster, uh, what's the card called? Buster Fusion, Buster Blader Fusion, I forget what it's called, it's a quick play spell. But steals your mo- steals the Dragon Monster, which they use with the DNA Surgery. This just does it right away. And you just have to put a counter on that monster, but there's easy ways to do that as well. And, yeah, you just steal their monster, fuse into this guy, and then when this battles, it gains a 2,000 attack differential from battle, so... It could beat anything with 4,500 attack or less. Really nice. Hit over almost everything. Um, I'm not sure if Predator Plants are going to be a pure deck. Um, It might just be part of a deck with Neos or something. It's going to be tricky about how to play it, but this is a pretty good monster. Get to some Witchcrafters. Witchcrafter Shmeta. Level 4 Fire Spellcaster, 1800-600. During the main phase, quick effect, tribute this card, discard a spell, special summon witchcrafter monster from your deck, except for this one. You can banish her from the graveyard, send a witchcrafter card from your deck to the graveyard, except for this one. You can use each effect once per turn. So this is the main worker for the deck. Uh, the only, Really the only one, well, yeah, the other one you need three too. This, one's, this is the UR you need three of. Decent 1800 attack. There's a lot going on, but basically... You could quick effect tribute her when your opponent activates an effect. Uh, toss a spell as well. Special summon your uh, Madame Ver from the deck, typically. And you banish her and you dump another card to the graveyard. They they just recycle themselves. The, sp- the spells get recycled if they're not used, basically. That's what witchcrafters do. So mass disposal of Shmeta. And she has the highest base attack of the Witchcrafters. The other two have 1,000. She has 1,800. So then you can buff her with Madame Ver. Uh, her being fire makes it 
appealing for an Alistair package. Um, I'm not sure if the Alistair package has been successful, but she has some appeal there. Overall, if witchcrafters are are as good as they seem, you're going to need three Shmetas. I got really lucky uh, in that I got her. She was the first rare card I got from the, the box. And I do have three copies of Shmetta right now. So I got pigeonholed into playing witchcrafters, but I suck at it. So that's something I'm working on. The other you are... Uh, Witchcrafter Madame Vare, level 8 light spellcaster, 1,800. During damage calculation, if your spellcaster battles an opponent's monster, quick effect, you can reveal any number of spells with different names in your hand. If you do, your battling monster gains 1,000 attack and defense for each card revealed until the end of the turn. Also quick effect, you can discard one spell and negate the effects of all face of monsters your opponent controls until the end of the turn. You can use each effect once per turn. This is the hardest card to play. It's the boss monster. But it's... The text is counterintuitive. I'll explain. I've lost so many games with this monster. But she... You want to either cheat her out from the deck with Shmeta or Pitor. Or you special summon her from the hand with a spell called Witchcrafter Unveilings. There's two options here. Or, no, there's three options. My bad. You could quick effect with the Shmeta or Pitor. Cheat her out from the deck. You could cheat her out from the hand with Witchcrafter Unveiling. Or if she's been dumped into the graveyard by those other two, you could use Witchcrafter Holiday. So there's three options you could use to bring her back. When she's on the board, though, she's the main effect negator. That's why you play Witchcrafters. You affect, uh, you negate opponent effect monster cards this is the confusing thing that's always going to be prompted first that first ability of negating effects discard a spell it's always going to be asked first the confusing thing is when you're battling you think you're activating this buff them a thousand attack and defense for each card in your hand but in essence they're asking if you want to discard a spell and the way you could tell is they prompt you for that discard a spell negate effects ability. But then you have to look for the text that says entering damage calculation or saying damage step. That's when you use your buff ability. So you get that out of the way. Uh, you know how to play witchcrafters. Yeah, uh, she's good. She helps any spellcaster, so you could even buff up a Silent Magician. You could splash in Silent Magician. She gets buffed by Madame Vare as well. High Priestess of Prophecy, level 7 light spellcaster, 2500 attack, 2100 defense. You can reveal three spellbook spells in your hand. Special summon this card from your hand. Once per turn, banish a spellbook from your hand or graveyard. Target one card on the field and destroy it. You 2500 a spellcaster ramp. Ramp's really easy with spellcasters because they run so many spell books. And there's different cards to gain advantage with spell books. You use Blue Boy, you could use those library cards, whatever. This is a card you want in the opening hand, but running three copies of it will brick up your hand with your spellcasters. So um, it's a core book, it's a core card for the spell books, but it's not a card you want three of. 
Fast Chameleon. Not a new card, but overall what this card does, uh, it's kind of like Junk Synchron. Uh, level 4 Tuner. If you control level 5, you can't summon if you control level 5 or higher. When normal summon, target a monster of zero defense in the graveyard. Special summon it. Effects negated. So you tune. Um, card has already seen playing Gookies. Gookies all have zero defense. This is kind of giving them a synchro route um, until the level 8 or level 7 synchro plays. So Mask Chameleon, um, a card that we got in the selection box, now released here. Evil Eye of Selene, equip spell. Equip only to an Evil Eye monster. It cannot be destroyed by battle or opponent card effects. Also, your opponent can't target it with card effects. Each time you activate the equipped monster's effect, or you activate another Evil Eye spell or trap, the equipped monster gains 500 attack, and if it does, you lose 500 life points. This attack gain remains even if this card leaves the field. If this card is in your graveyard, you can pay 1,000 life points, banish an Evil Eye spell or trap from your graveyard except for this one, Set this card. You can use each effect. You can use this effect once per turn. Pretty interesting archetype. Um, this is, you know, equip spells have to be really, really good to see play. This is at a disadvantage because there's Cosmic Cyclone. Um, so it's going to get hit. Sometimes you banish it and then it doesn't even come back because uh, it's not in the graveyard. You can't have a chance to recycle it. But it makes your evil eye monster immune to battle and effect destruction and untargetable. So there's only a few things that could buy it. It's kind of like Coxidus, but even better. Um, a few non-target banish abilities exist, notably uh, Fortune Lady Every. I think, what else? Those um, Light Sworn Dogs, the Wolf... Uh, no, uh, Raiko Twilight Sworn has a non-target banish. There's another one. But but primarily, you're going to work on banishing Evil Eye of Selene with Cosmic Cyclone. That's the weakness. Um, there's a permanent attack buff with life point loss, which is interesting. Makes you think that the deck should run with life point loss skills because you'll be losing life points due to this card. Last UR of this box is Spellbook of Wisdom. Quick play. Uh, target a spellcaster on the field. Activate one of these effects. That face of monster is unaffected by other spell effects this turn. Or that face of monster is unaffected by trap effects this turn. Um, this is very similar to Forbidden Lance. Sometimes you run them both in um, Witchcrafters. You chain it to whatever effect is applied to your monster as a defensive strategy, typically. Hitting against back row, you use it against trap cards typically, uh, unless you're on Econ or something. Um, it could be useful against Dark Magician decks when you're using Eye of Tamias. You could use the old effect like uh, Lance, where you prevent it from being hit by spells. So you make them waste their Eye of Tamias or Dark Magic Expanded. Um, yeah. This is a spellbook card, but it gets splashed into Witchcrafters. Uh, probably a, a main part of the spellbook package as well. They don't have to need. They don't have to run um, that card, uh, Forbidden Lance. So yeah, spellbook of wisdom. Move on to the SRs. 
High Speed Roid Kandama, level 6 machine, wind synchro, generic tuning requirements, 2200 attack, 1600 defense. If this card attacks the defense position, monster inflict piercing damage. You can use each effect once per turn. You can banish a machine from the graveyard and inflict 500 damage to your opponent. Or if this is in the graveyard and control no cards, you can special summon this card from the graveyard. Can't normal summon or set the, the turn, you activate this effect. This is honestly not very useful in the in the generic level 6 synchro deck, which I've played a lot, but it is a speedroid synchro. Little burn ability, it's not too useful. Second ability looks like something, though. Special summon it straight from the graveyard. Six stars right there. Can get into a bigger a uh, bigger synchro play. This is the only... Uh, I got that wrong. This is the biggest speedroid synchro that we have, but it's very possible they ramp into those other bigger synchro plays that are not speedroids. The others are level 5, level 4. Just coming out of the graveyard makes you think it could be um, bigger synchro plays. Medusa, Watcher of the Evil Eye, level 4 Fiend, 1400-1600. When this is normal summon, target an Evil Eye card in your graveyard, except for Medusa. Add it to your hand. If this is equipped with Evil Eye Selene, quick effect, target a monster on the opponent's graveyard, banish it. You can use this effect once per turn. Once per turn, during the standby phase after this effect was activated, banish a card in your graveyard. Um, you can recycle any card from the archetype. So you don't have to use the evil eye burning yourself for a thousand to set it. You could just get it back with Medusa. Um, the main appeal of why this card is sexy is because you can banish any card in your opponent's graveyard. That's just, you know, like... Various cards do that. The sealed tomb, I mean, like sealed tombs and other the other uh, no mortal can resist. Those were appealing cards for that. Knight and sorcerer for dark magician, chaos summoner, no, chaos betrayer for light sworn decks. Various cards, kaiku, all those are really good abilities. She does it once per turn, so that's the main appeal. Why you would play evil eye? Um, yeah. Very good. This is the main monster that you would equip with the Evil Eye Selene, make her untargetable, immune, all that jazz, um, and then banish stuff from the graveyard. This just kills the, all those effects. Witchcrafter Pator. This is the bane of my existence because I only have two of these. Level 3 Water Spellcaster, 1,500. During the main phase, quick effect, tribute it, discard a spell, special summon a Witchcrafter from the deck except for her. You can banish her from the graveyard, draw a card, then send a Witchcrafter card from your hand to the graveyard. If you have none, banish your entire hand. You can use each effect once per turn. This is similar to uh, a Shmeta. You have to run, typically you run three of these. It's not automatic like Shmeta, but um, same ability, ramp out Madame Vare into the, onto the board. And then she also has this additional draw ability, which is a little situational it's a gamble because let's say you're in desperation mode to draw something and then you get a regular spell you're gonna have to toss your whole hand out so um there has to be some deck consistency of drawing a witchcrafter and otherwise you know she's also a water type a water attribute which makes you do the thing with alistair again with Schmeta again a fire and a water um yeah
you could the like the second ability where you draw a card, you can even toss your madam there if you have a holiday, and then you can use holiday to res resurrect her. So it's like additional flexibility. Um, facilitate through the deck and populate the graveyard. Shmeta and Pator. Altergeist Mar Marionetter, level four light spellcaster, sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred. When this is normal summon, you can set an Altergeist trap directly from your deck to your spell or trap zone. You can target one Altergeist card you control and one Altergeist monster in your graveyard. Send that card to the field, on the field to the graveyard. If you do special summon that other monster from the graveyard, you can use this effect once per turn. This is a lone card in an underrepresented archetype in this box. You can choose one of two traps. One's a trap monster, Emulatelf. And one's an equipment in camouflage. There's additional abilities, but it's not worth going through. Not enough support for this archetype here. Um, yeah. Primitive Butterfly, level 5 insect, wind 1200, 900. If you control no monsters, you can special summon this from the hand. Once per turn, you can increase the levels of all insects you control by 100. Free ramp monster for 5 stars. Boost the levels of all monsters. Not very useful for battle wasps because they're not giving you a synchro monster. This is not a synch uh, and they're not giving a tuner. I mean, excuse me. This is not a tuner either. This is just some level modulator for some synchro deck. Unfortunately, battle wasps don't come with their own tuner. Next card's called Iperia, level two Earth Reptile, five hundred, five hundred. If this is special summon, I mean, if this is summon, draw a card. You can use this effect once per turn. It's a very basic ability. It's like if you're playing Hearthstone, this is Novice Engineer, which is like the first card you ever play. Um, yeah, it's it showed up in Duel Links way too late. Like this is one of the cards that should have been a card you got right away because in the first box, there's no reason. This basic card advantage card that teaches you card advantage um, with no stats and a reptile. There's all anti-synergy. Why this is here in 2020, like the last synchro box, main box. Doesn't make any sense. But yeah, I'm this this there's too many tutoring abilities in the game right now. You know, the witchcrafters, you could just cheat out Madame Vera from the deck. I mean, why would you draw a card? Right? So there's enough overpowered archetypes right now where tutoring straight from the deck, like cheating out from the deck, tutoring cards to draw are all rampant. This draws you a random card. This is probably just some farming card right now. Uh, you know, just drawing cards are just farming cards, Exodia, things like that. Nari Fire and Nefarious Arch Fiend Eater of Nefarious are reprint cards. They came out of Selection Box Volume 3. I'm not going to go over them. They're not uh, good. Evil Eye Domain Paradolia Field Spell. When this is activated, add a Evil Eye Monster from your deck to your hand. Once per turn, during damage calculation, if your Evil Eye Monster is attacked, while Eye of Selene, Evil Eye of Selene is in your spell or trap zone, you can make the battle damage you take from this battle also inflict on your opponent. If this card in the field zone is destroyed by card effect, you can target an Evil Eye monster in your graveyard, add it to your hand. You can activate one 
Evil Eye Domain Pareidolia per turn. Nice field spell, and it's always nice for a field spell to act as another opener, like an extender. An, not extender, like an opener. Um, so you can tutor the Evil Eye monster you want right away. So you just run a bunch of these, you want three Medusas, just to increase your opening hand consistency. Very, very important, even if the field spell sucks. Um, this lets you share battle damage with your opponent, so it prevents them from attacking. Um, even though the monster can't be attacked, it prevents them from wanting to attack with a very big monster. This card probably won't be destroyed, though. Um, as an effect where if it's destroyed by card effect, you can add an evil eye monster from the graveyard to the hand. It'll probably get hit by Cosmic Cyclone. But then they'll also want to hit Evil Eye of Selene too. So I don't know what they... There might be a bit of a game about what they use Cosmic Cyclone for. Try to practice normal spell. Special summon a Predator Plant monster from your hand. Then add a Predap card from your deck to your hand. Except for Predator Practice. Also for the rest of the turn after this effect resolves. You cannot special summon monsters from the extra deck. Except for Fusions. You can activate one per turn. So unlike a generic monster tutoring normal spell, this requires you to special summon the Predator Plant from your hand. Not necessarily a bad thing, but can be situational. So you special summon from the hand, and then you add one from the deck. Pretty good. Um, this, But this will only see play if pure Predator Plants exist. If Predator Plants continue to exist in a package with Neos or something, the consistency of this card shoots way down. You negate other special summon abilities you would want. So Predator Practice is a card you only want in a pure uh, Predator Plant deck. Last SR, Chain Hole Trap. When your opponent activates a monster effect in response to a card or effect negate activation, negate that opponent's effect. Then your opponent can banish a card from their hand or deck with the same name as that card. If they did not, you can banish one random card from their hand. Uh, a bit, uh, there's a lot of situations going on, so this is a very situational trap card, which is bad for it, but it can affect a few monsters in the meta. Crystron Citri, Element Saber Malay, who Alistair has a hand effect, Ritual Beasts, they all get affected by this card. You can negate the effect, but you don't destroy the monster. It's a little different. And a lot of things you see where they affect and destroy. Rather, they make you, the opponent, choose to banish the same card from the deck or they lose a random card in the hand. This could see side deck play against Crystrons, I'm thinking. But also works very well against Witchcrafters. Because what they all they do is quick effect um, negate. So, Chain Hole could be something if Witchcrafters become very good. Now let's get into the R's and N's for the three archetypes I deem the most interesting. Let's start off with the Evil Eye. Asilius, familiar with the Evil Eye. Level 3 Dark Fiend, 400 attack, 2000 defense. If you control an Evil Eye monster, you can special summon this from the hand. You can only special summon Basilius uh, once per turn this way. During your main phase, you can send an Evil Eye spell or trap from the deck to the graveyard. You can use this effect once per turn. Typically, the Evil Eye decks only run the uh, Medusa and the Basilius. Situational Free Summon. The main ability, sending a spell or trap from the deck to the graveyard. This lets you use Medusa 
Play Medusa. Special summon Basilius to populate something in the graveyard, and then you could use her tutor. I mean, to to, res- to to recycle the card that you got from sent to the graveyard. So it all works together. Uh, yeah, I think that's the goal here. Another useful card: Evil Eye of Gorgon Nio, equip spell. Equip only to an evil eye monster. You can only activate one evil eye of Gorgoneo per turn. This card's name becomes evil eye of Selene when the spell or trap zone. When your life points are lower than your opponent's, the equipped monster gains attack equal to the difference. You can banish this from the graveyard, discard one evil eye card, add an evil eye spell or trap to your hand except for this one. You can use this effect once per turn. Situational uh, attack boost and it gives it a name. So that's going to come in handy later. But this is a card you want to get disposed of, from what I could tell. You could use Basilius to toss this card. And then you could just tutor any Evil Eye Spark Trap, which is probably the Eye of Selene. So this card exists for that. Also, you don't want to clog up your board with equip spells. But there could be a situation where you want the name Evil Eye of Selene. But this typically exists to get disposed of, from what I could tell. Evil Eye Confrontation, quick play spell. You, if you control an Evil Eye monster, target a spell or trap your opponent controls, destroy it. If you do and Evil Eye of Selene is in your spell or trap zone, banish that destroyed card. You can only activate one per turn. This is your Cosmic Cyclone of the deck. Destroy or banish, depending on the condition. Um, yeah. This is your Cosmic Cyclone. I don't think they have to run Cosmic Cyclone. Evil Eye Defeat Trap Card. If you control an Evil Eye monster, target one monster on the field, or up to two. If Evil Eye of Selene is in your spell or trap zone, return them to the hand. You only activate one per turn. This is like uh, Dual Wield. Really good. You're going to need some consistency in having your Evil Eye of Selene. But then there's Gorgonio, so this is where the name um, counts. Evil Eye of Gorgonio, counting for Evil Eye of Selene. So, you know, one or two. So, dual wield. You don't have to be in attack mode either. It's even better than dual wield. Or card. Had a Bleepus, familiar of the Evil Eye, level 3 Fiend. You can target an Evil Eye Spar Trap you control. Until the end of the next turn, the card cannot be destroyed by your opponent's card effects. If you control an evil eye monster other than Catablipus, when this is in the graveyard, you can special summon this card, but banish it when it leaves the field. Yeah, you can tell why this card isn't good. It pro- it protects it from destruction, but when the main like source of spell or trap removal is Cosmic Cyclone, so it doesn't protect against Cosmic Cyclone, not very good. Evil Eye Awakening. Spell card. Special summon an Evil Eye monster from your hand or graveyard. Or if Evil Eye of Selene is in your spell or traps, then you can special summon an Evil Eye monster from your deck instead. Pretty good card. It's a bit win more though, I think. Um, you have to have that Evil Eye of Selene in play to cheat the monster from the deck. Or you can have that uh, Gorgoneo instead. That card you run a ton of, you might just run one of it though. Evil Eye Repose, Continuous Spell. 
When you activate this card, you can banish an evil eye card from the graveyard. Draw a card. Once per turn after damage calculation, if your evil eye monster equipped with Selene, attack the monster. Banish that monster. If this card in the Spar Trap Zone is destroyed by card effect, you can target up to three banished evil eye cards. Return to the graveyard. Um, a little extra, because Medusa already banishes stuff once per turn, so it's a little, a little extra. Finally, Evil Eye Reemergence Normal Spell. Special summon an evil, a familiar of the Evil Eye token, 400 attack and defense. Or if Evil Eye of Selene is in the Spell Traps, then you can special summon two. Also, for the rest of the turn after this card resolves, you cannot special summon monsters except for fiends. You can banish this from the graveyard. Your opponent cannot target Evil Eye spells or traps with card effects. Not very useful. Not really sure what you're going to do with those tokens when your main beater is um, equipped with the. Evil Eye of Selene. So yeah, pretty good archetype there. Let's get to the Preda plants where I'm going to botch every single uh, pronunciation. Alright, let's go. Preda plant, Spina Danea. Level 4, Dark Plant, 1800-0. When this is normal or special summoned, you can target one face of monster your opponent controls, place a Predator counter on it. If it is level 2 or higher, it's, its level becomes level 1. As long as it has a counter. After damage, if this card battled a monster with equal or lower level, you can special summon a Predator Plant monster from your deck, except for this one. So, Predator Plants play like worms. Their counters have pretty strong abilities. It's going to turn that monster into level 1. In terms of attack and defense, that's only going to affect the Fortune Lady archetype, typically. Um, it might screw up Synchro plays. Um, in a way, um, this could let you waste your Predator counter to cheat out a monster from your deck. So the Predator counters also have very other, very strong abilities otherwise. Um, but then you could also spend it to, to cheat out something from the deck. So there's a use there. Predator Plant Clamida Sundew. Level 2 Dark Plant 600-200. Monsters with a Predator counter that you use as fusion materials are treated as dark. During your main phase, you can fusion summon a dark fusion from your extra deck using this card on the field and monsters from your hand field or monsters your opponent controls with predator counters. You can use this effect once per turn. So this combines a lot of cards. Core card if Chimera Felicia is as good as it is. It's got Gravekeeper Supernaturalist and Buster Sword of Destruction. You get this guy on the board... Monster has a Predator counter on it. And then you just fuse them into your Chimera Felicia. Core card. This is more core than the Spina Dea, I think. Typically would need something to put the counter on. This guy doesn't put counters on himself. Predator Pruning. Equip spell. Activate this by targeting a Predator plant monster in your graveyard. Special summoning. Equip it. If this card leaves the field, destroy that monster. We used to see a lot of these cards. This is just okay. This is like a lifeline to a monster. We saw it with like uh, that that dog tag card. It was a very early equip spell where their life is tied to it. I don't know. Not very good though because Cosmic Cycle exists. Next card is Predaplant Cordyceps. Level 1 
Plant 0-0. During your standby phase, you can banish this from the graveyard. Target two level 4 lower Preta plant monsters in the graveyard. Special summon them. Also for the rest of the turn, you can't special summon monsters except for fusion monsters, nor normal summon or set monsters. This is useful if the deck has a good disposal engine. Then you could cheat out Spinodea and Clamida Sundew to get a fusion playoff. So if they get milled or something, you know, useful there. That's why it's kind of used in a package with Neos, because Neos Fusion tosses the cards right away. This is a good one. Predator Plant Squid Drosera, level 2, Dark Plant, 800-400. You can send this card from your hand to the graveyard, then target a face-up monster your opponent controls. This turn, it can attack all monsters your opponent controls with a Predator counter once each. If this card leaves the field, place a Predator counter on each special summoned monster your opponent controls. And if you do... Any of those monsters that are level 2 or higher become level 1. This is very similar to Alien Kid. Um, you have to set this up leaving the field though. So there's a lot of cards that do that actually. Ballista Squad, Enemy Controller, Treacherous Trap Hole. Overall this doesn't target them. It gives them all counters. Then you could just use your Chlamydia Sundew to take whichever one you want. Reda Plant Helia... Helium for shit. Preta plant helium for Heinkus, whatever. Level 8, dark plant, 1200, 2400. If your opponent controls a monster with a predator counter, you can special summon this card from your hand. If this card in its owner's possession is destroyed by opponent's card, target a dark dragon or dark plant in your graveyard. Except for this one, special summon it. Um, Not good. An easy way to put up 8 stars on the board. That's the plus. Uh, probably won't see play if it's archetypes. Not even a synchro uh, deck. So, yeah. It's a really uh, confusing name for nothing. Predator Plant Moray Nepenthes. Level 4. Dark Plant. 1600-1000. This card gains 200 attack for each Predator counter on the field. When this destroys an opponent's monster by battle, you can equip this card... This monster attack card. Once per turn, you can target one monster card equipped to this card by card effect. Destroy it if you do gain life points. Um, this kind of helps get by monsters that are annoying in the graveyard, but other than that, not too much. A little situational on winning a battle. Predaponics Continuous Spell. Once per turn, special summon a level 4 or lower Predaplan monster from the hand or graveyard, but as this effect's negated, once per turn... A 800 life points or destroys card. Predaponix monsters have no use without abilities, so yeah, not very useful. Finally, uh, Predaplanet Continuous Trap. If a monster with a Predator counter leaves the field when this is face up on the field, add a Predap card from your deck to your hand. You can use this effect once per turn. You can banish this card from the graveyard. Fusion, summon one fusion monster from your extra deck using monsters from your hand or field as fusion material. Only Predaplant monsters can be used as fusion material for fusion summon using this effect. It seems playable. If the deck is like a mass disposal deck with light swarms or whatever, a lot of milling, you can use this in the graveyard to fuse Chimera Flecia without going through the route of Clamida Sundew. Um, it doesn't hurt to have multiple ways of getting your ace monster out. You know, playing Light Sworns, they have multiple ways to Synchro Summon. This is just another way in case your Clemita Sundew gets interrupted.
right? So yeah, they, they have strong monsters, but their uh, support cards are pretty lacking. Uh, so that's why I think this archetype has been packaged with Neos. Finally, Witchcrafters, they only have three spells to talk about that are ours, and that's it. There's only six Witchcrafters, and they're all using the deck, so it seems like that's why it's a good archetype, because they're all used. Witchcrafter Holiday Spell Card. Target a Witchcrafter in your graveyard. Special Summon it. During your end phase, if you control a Witchcrafter, when this is in the graveyard, you can add this card to your hand. You can use each effect once per turn, only once that turn. So, you know, they dispose of their own things in the graveyard. You could dispose of your madam there. Brings it back. And not much else to say. Um, yeah, not much else to say other than that. Witchcrafter collaboration. Normal spell. Targeted witchcrafter you control. It can make a second attack during each battle phase this turn. Also, if it attacks this turn, your opponent cannot activate spells or trap until the end of the damage step. During your end phase, if you control a witchcraft or monster, when this is in the graveyard, you can add this card to your hand. You can use each effect once per turn, only once that turn. Kind of like the closer, it, um, it's got the anti-magic arrows ability. It lets the monster hit twice, but then it's also like a normal speed one. So your opponent can like interfere with your monster before the battle phase. Like They could switch it to defense mode, and then it can't get its attacks off. And finally, Witchcrafter Unveiling Quick Play Spell. Special Summon a Witchcrafter from your hand. If you do, your opponent can't activate cards or effects in response to the activation of your Spellcaster's effects for the rest of the turn. During your end phase, if you control a Witchcrafter monster, when this is in the graveyard, you can add this card to your hand. You can use each effect once per turn, only once that turn. This is probably the most important Witchcrafter card. Sometimes you use Brick with Madame Vares, No Shmetas, or Pators, and you need this card to play her from the hand. It's by that big obstacle. Not that bad. Um, you know, Pator helps that sometimes you could discard a card and then play it. So, definitely a core card. And to quick play, you could get your Witchcrafter's effects off without interference. Overall, you know, no matter how bad any of these cards are, you're going to run all of them because Witchcrafter's... Um, they have advantages in running different spells, and these are the only three Witchcrafter card spells you have. So you're gonna run all three of them, different very, uh, different quantities. You could run two of all. I think I've seen many decks do that. Some decks just run three, like unveilings, and one of each. It's good to have maximum consistency in different types. So I think the two each route might be the way to go. Little event going on this week, which is Yu-Gi-Oh GX. Uh, Duelist Chronicles, Ubel event. This is not the first time this is going on. But as of now, we're still not ready to get the skill. The skill you need to use on those um, things to face the King of Games. So, still not there yet, but we got a couple of bad cards to um, get while we're struggling with Witch's Sorcery. So there's one copy of this... Um, Boss monster called Armatile the Chaos Phantom, level 12, zero, 0 Fiend Fusion of Uriah, Haman, and Raviel. Mostly special summoned by banishing the cards you control from a contact fusion. Not be destroyed by battle. It gains 10,000 attack during your turn only. Uh, we're getting a Prismatic here. 
don't much to say about it. It's, it's like an anime card. It's probably the last boss that they fought before uh, whatever. And yeah, you're never going to see this card. You're going to need those three monsters ramped onto the board and then contact fuse them. Um, I've never even seen one of those monsters myself, like on their own. Um, 10,000 beat stick during your turn only. Only battle protection though, so quick banish, quick treacherous trap hole. Quick Yosendru sword sting will beat this card. Yu-Gi-Oh! GX probably had it easy. That's all I have to say. Two other cards from the lottery are new. Unstable Evolution, Equip Spell. When your life points are lower than your opponent's, the equipped monster's original attack becomes 2,400. When your life points are higher, the equipped monster's original attack becomes 1,000. This would have been a decent card when the game first began, I think. You know, just having lower life points, you could just, uh, you know, burn yourself a little bit and put it on like a direct attacker like Sky Star Ray or something you hit for 2400 that would be pretty nice but at this point there's no there's no point of such a card anymore unfortunately not a very good card the other new card is called Advanced Dark it's a field spell all crystal beasts on the field in the graveyard as well become dark if a rainbow dragon or a rainbow dark dragon attacks negate the effects of the attack target during the battle phase, during the damage calculation of a Crystal Beast monster, you control battles, and you would take damage. You could send one Crystal Beast monster from your deck to the graveyard. You take no battle damage. Very nice Crystal Beast support, I must say. Um, your monsters, your four thousand attackers, your Crystal Beast and Dark Dragon, they kind of become like armadities, which is nice sometimes against like Blue Eyes decks when they play the Maiden or against. Um, Magician girl decks, so they can't switch to defense or hit you in half, so you would make them take major damage there. And also, like a flip monster, that would be nice to negate those. Also, the other ability is nice, helps you populate the graveyard. Your regular crystal beast taking damage, you send it to the graveyard, send another monster to the graveyard, you take no battle damage. So, very weak monsters, they're susceptible to taking damage. Um, and then you're just populating the graveyard more so you can get into your win condition. So this is definitely like a it's close to like a core card for Crystal Beasts if um, they ever do see any play. Crystal Beasts, they have been a caddy for Crystrons, but now they got that skill got nerfed, so it it it's a lot to ask for, but this this card does help a bit for the archetypes. Very nice card. It's just the archetype sucks, that's all. That's the event. Uh, you know, just a little note about 5D's character level ups. One day we're going to get to the cards. Uh, it's just, it's something I put a, I put off because you could do it whenever. But the easy, for those wanting advice about who to level up first, you should do the first, uh, the Carly's first, the regular Carly and Dark Carly. Dark Carly is good because you're getting your second copy of Fortune Vision. And that card is a one-of before. Now you're going to automatically slot it into your Fortune Lady deck. It's an opener. So you you want your Fortune Lady Callings. You want two of those. And then you want like your Tuner. so Or like a Light. Or a Wind. It's up to you. But um, another opener for the deck definitely helps the consistency. It's, it's definitely an easier uh, King of Games deck now. I might give it a run myself if I got tired of playing Witchcrafters. But... 
Um, she's definitely number one. And then also regular Carly gives you this spell book field spell. Um, have I looked at it yet? Grand Spellbook Tower, yeah. I've I've seen spellbook decks; they do run that spell that field spell. So, um, those are definitely the cards to get first. The other rewards are pretty bad, but I'll go over them some other day. All right. So Doug's casual deck of the week. Doug is back. He has rediscovered Battery Men. Uh, Battery Men is an archetype that a lot of people just like as their pet deck. Uh, I've never played the deck myself. This one does also include the Universal Floater Spiritual Beast Tamer window. So check out Doug's Casual Deck of the Week with new Battery Men right now. Hey there, this is Doug Dimadul with Doug's Casual Deck of the Week. So, what better way to come up with a deck rather than, you know, especially after all of the shenanigans with the KC Cup, where I played a whopping six duels in Stage 2, all right? So, uh, I, I ran a Black Wings deck, all right, it is what it is. But, um, you know, not not really into the whole stage two thing, this go-around. A little fatigued, got a few things going on, but still got those gems. But I found an interesting deck um, that I, I just got a bl- I just had an absolute blast playing. And it's a, it's a retread of Battery Men. So it's got a lot of potential. It, it does okay on the ladder, you know. It's, it, it can match up well, but it really doesn't stand up to disruption uh, all that much. It's a little bit of a slower deck. Um, but really one of the game changers that makes this deck just a little bit more viable is Spiritual Beast Tamer Winda. Uh, if you remember the whole um, Ritual Beast Monster archetype, this will give you access to any Ritual Beast Monster in your extra deck. If this card in its owner's possession is destroyed by an opponent's card by battle or card effect, you can special summon one Ritual Beast Monster from your deck or extra deck, ignoring its summoning conditions. You can only special summon one Spiritual Beast Tamer Winda once per turn. So... Uh, yeah, really good because it'll allow you access to Ritual Beast uh, Ulti Apelio, which he has a 2600 attack monster that's unaffected by any other card or effect during uh, you know the damage step. And then you also could get that Ritual Beast Ulti uh, Petal Fin there. That's uh, 2800 defense that cannot be targeted. Uh, but what this allows you to do is it gets you into your next turn tribute play because really what you want to have is Battery Man Charger. And Battery Man Charger is that level 5 Thunder, 1800 attack, 1200 defense. When this card is normal summoned, you can special summon one Battery Man monster except Battery Man Charger from your hand or deck. This card gains 300 attack and defense for each Thunder type monster you control. So the whole Battery Man stuff really drives off of the Battery Man fuel cell. The level 6 Thunder with 2100 attack. If you control two or more face-up Battery Man monsters, you can special summon this card from your hand. Once per turn, you contribute one Battery Man monster except this card to select one card your opponent controls and return it to the owner's hand. So with so many monsters that are not able to be destroyed or, by, or not be banished, 
sending it back to the hand is actually a very effective thing in this meta, especially with all the special summoned monsters uh, from the extra deck. You could just send it back to the extra deck, which is great. But you want to run your three copies of Battery Man Microcell. You know, when this card is flipped, you could special summon one level four or lower Battery Man monster. Uh, so you get the Battery Man 9 volt onto the field and activate its effect. Now, if you don't remember what Battery Man 9 volt is, is when this card is summoned, it doesn't matter if it's normal or special summoned, add one Battery Man monster from your deck to your hand, and if you do, this card's attack and defense become double its original attack and defense. So it becomes a 2,000 attack, 2,000 defense monster. But during the end of your end phase, you destroy this card. So if this is summoned during your opponent's turn, then it's not a huge deal. It stays on the field. Usually you want to use it as tribute fodder for your battery man charger. So basically you search out your charger, then you tribute out your uh, your 9 volts for the charger, and then you can special summon your battery man fuel cell onto the field. Maybe pop your charger to uh, you know to send a monster back to the hand, or you go for a big brain play and special summon another battery man nine volt to search out your battery man fuel cell to then uh, you know use your uh, your nine volt to be popped you know to send back a monster. Or, or other card on your opponent's side of the field. But for good measure, you want to run your one copy of Battery Man Industrial Strength. This card cannot be normal summoned or set, but you have to remove two Battery Man monsters from your graveyard. Once per turn, you can remove from play one Thunder-type monster from your graveyard uh, to destroy one spell and one monster uh, on the field, or one spell or trap in one monster on the field. So it's a good double destruction-type card, but you only need to run one in this deck that can easily be searched out using your 9-volt. And then for good measure... Three copies of Sphere Karibo to hold hold you over and get you into your next turn. So this deck is a lot of fun. I run it with the skill restart just because you really want to have uh, either a micro cell, a 9-volt, or really you want a spiritual beast uh, tamer winda in your opening hand if you're going first. So uh, that's why I run restart. It makes it just a little bit more sure of a deck, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's just it's just overall it's a fun deck. But then to round things out, I run my two copies of Hey Trunade. Clear out the back row before you start getting into any of your wild combos, and you can really clean up your opponent uh, very easily. It's a good OTK deck if you're going second. Um, you know, it, well, I guess not really going second. But um, you know, if you're going first, and then your third turn, you'll be able to OTK, because then you can use your Hey Trunade and go from there. So... Uh, again, really, really cool deck. Uh, I've enjoyed playing this one. Um, yeah, having an absolute blast with this. Uh, it's great for, um, you know, it's great for PvE. It's great for events. Ladder, eh, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. So give this one a shot if you like your Battery Man archetype. I think this one's just awesome because I always like Battery Man decks. So anyway, that's it for my casual deck of the week. I will see you next time. Take care. Alright, thanks Doug. You can check out Doug's Casual Deck of the Week every week on this podcast. Check out his own Twitter account, Yu-Gi-Oh! Deck Talk. Upcoming news, we're going to get new news soon, but Professional Astro's coming, new cards, Apparition, and D-Counter. We're going to get new Taya probably next week. Um, it's all but confirmed from leaks. New Taya, new Taya 2.0. Hopefully she has something cool. And uh, yeah, 5D's level cap is done go over the cards in some future podcast probably not even next week we'll see
So that is it for the podcast this week. Thank you very much for listening. Check out the dual assessment. Just search this podcast anywhere and search dual links podcast. You'll find there's a lot of podcasts out there now with dual links content. And I think that's a really good thing. Um, we get together sometimes and we, we did have a podcast before with rain, um, um, dual links radio with rain. So you can check it out. There's dual links with the boys. There's pro bench warmers podcast, the chain link podcast. There's a lot going on. So, um, you know, in times I've, I've discovered podcasts again during quarantine and, um, it's nice to check out everyone. It's if you, if you're starved for content, we all, you know, we all chip into this podcast community. I could say I've been doing it the longest, but everyone has their pros and cons. They know TCG cards. I don't. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so subscribe to this podcast and all the other podcasts. Check out the podcast more at the website, thedualassessment.wordpress.com. Email me with anything at thedualassessment at gmail.com or you find me on Twitter, dual underscore assessment, me at Green Ranger CCG. All right. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the new box. See you next time.